This episode of Probably Science was recorded live at the California Academy of Sciences Nightlife event as part of San Francisco Sketchfest. It is brought to you courtesy of our new sponsor, 1Password. 1Password provides a place to store all your passwords, software licenses, notes, and other sensitive information in a virtual vault locked with a single master password. Visit agilebits.com, that's A-G-I-L-E-B-I-T-S dot com, to purchase the new 1Password 6 for Mac and use the code SCIENCE at checkout for 25% off your purchase. Probably science. Thank you so much. I, I'm Matt. This is Andy. Um, this is the Property Science Podcast. This is the coolest place I've ever done a show. This is ridiculous. I'm next to a lion. Like, I've, this is the nearest to a lion I've ever podcasted. Uh, this is something out of my favorite childhood book. I'm not sure how many of you guys read uh, from the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basley Frankweiler. Any fans of that, right? Six or people. if you're younger, Six Night of the Museum, basically, just ripped off that story. Yes, we're in the Africa room? Or what's this called? We are in the Africa room. Uh, it's sponsored by the band Toto. <laughs> uh, and uh, and they've really stuck to a theme, and it's cool. We're, we're, we're sort of weirdly shoved to the corner, because there's a screen uh, that we will not be using. No, no screen. All right. So just, just try to keep your focus across slightly to the side and be aware that it'll be weird to be doing that, but just keep looking this way and pay no attention to the thing that suggests more interesting <laughs> graphical accompaniment to our show. Or read into that what you will. I mean, it's an art piece, really. Like it's project, your, project your own thoughts onto this projection screen, guys. Uh, I, I did, uh, we both did the stand-up show first. This is all, I get, I, I'm hitting a lot of firsts tonight. Um, this is the first time I've ever had to say the sentence, uh, thank you very much, uh, but I can't hear more about animal penis bones, I have to go and do stand-up. <laughs> and I, I should point out that was one of the museum employees who was talking to me, rather than just a chance encounter. But, <laughs> just outside on the street before I came here, like, excuse me, sir. I hope you find what you need. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me about animal penis bones, but now I have to go and do a show. Uh, so, um, our show, for those of you who haven't listened to it, we, we have uh, guests on from the world of comedy and sometimes science. We often go through the week in science news, but then sometimes we have special guests on and we like to talk to them about their science background and what they do. And we've got some really cool guests. Uh, I think it was an hour, or it, it, I don't know, and you might have already seen uh, the first person bringing out at another thing already earlier on today. You might have seen him on the TV show Mythbusters, or you might have seen him doing a thousand other really cool, really amazing shit. Including acting in the Billy Joel video, Second Wind slash You're Only Human. Which yeah. is the honest to God, I just found that on YouTube yesterday, it's great. Look it up. <laughs> That is, that is true. I, I mean, I, I knew that already because I'm a, I'm a Joel head. No one's a Joel head. It <laughs> <laughs> does not exist. Let's welcome to the stage Adam Savage. Adam, Adam Savage, Savage, ladies and gentlemen. Hey! So, I, I, yes, I, I'm wearing my Madonna headset because not enough mics. But really, you're going to introduce me by bringing up one of the worst things I ever participated in. Oh, come on, people love that TV show. The worst... Uh, 
You know, I, uh, Billy Joel played San Francisco uh, a few weeks ago for the first time in 40 years. He played the ballpark, and I got to go, and I brought my kids, and, <laughs> and we met him. And he was like, you were in my video, yeah? I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's a terrible video. <laughs> when I read that you were in it, I thought maybe like in a crowd scene, but you were featured pretty prominently in that. It's very clearly, yes. that's Adam Savage. Yeah. Second lead, who drowned? <laughs> Uh, my fa- I, I, I still, Uptown Girl is my favorite Billy Joel video. I, I, I don't know if you remember it, but it's mechanics, or at least it's, it's dance, people who are very obviously dancers dressed as mechanics, and Billy Joel, and they appear from behind cars, and they snap their fingers, and then they go back behind the cars. And that's most of the video. <laughs> and, and Christy Brinkley is charmed by And, and Christy Brinkley, well how could you not be? There's not, there's not a human alive of any gender or sexuality who would not be charmed by those three snappy dancers <laughs> slash mechanics. With tasteful amounts of grease placed <laughs> on their faces and bodies. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure whether they were greased because they were mechanics or because they were dancers. It's hard to know whether that was dancer grease or engine grease. I'm not, I'm not an expert in the dance world. I don't know how much Dance normally have. Do we have any dance experts here? We're Not more comedy and science. <laughs> How many listeners to the podcast do we have here, out of curiosity? Okay, excellent, excellent. There are a few of you. Who... And a t-shirt wearer as well. Thank oh, you. excellent. Uh, and, and we normally ask our guests this before we get started. And this, we know like from your show and from everything, you are great on engineering and model making and special effects stuff. What is your science background? Like, what's your actual background in health science? Uh, I have a high school diploma. <laughs> and I almost failed chemistry. <laughs> but my chemistry teacher, Dr. Nicholas Zimopoulos, Nicholas Dimitris Zimopoulos, um, he passed me, and I'm, it's because of how much talking we did after school about physics, because that's what I was related to today. Hey! Yeah. Um, we were in class, so my first teacher I found really inspiring was my freshman earth science teacher, Dan Frere, and he was walking us through how a star collapses, and he was like, well, and then there's, everything gets exponential, and at a certain point, um, the star is so dense that there's no space between any of the atoms, and that since there's no space, there's no time, and then the star collapses on itself, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's no time, I don't understand that. And I spent three years kind of noodling with that in my head to no avail. And then I'm in chemistry class, like, like, oh, just hating every second of it. And I'm watching the clock, you know. And I'm watching this hand, and I'm like, what a shitty ruler that is for precisely measuring. To, wait a minute, that's what a clock is, isn't it? It's a ruler. And it's a ruler, and each division is measuring something that happened. And so, wait a minute, if there's no space, nothing can move, and if nothing's moving, then of course there's no time. <gasps> and at that moment, the teacher was like, Adam, do you want to share with the class what's just going on in your head? <laughs> and I told that story, and we spent the rest of the, the, the afternoon talking about physics. Which, by the way, that would have been the very last thing that he was expecting to say. <laughs> right. I, right, he thought it was going to be like boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I now, which you probably might have also been fine it was with. Also that might have also, yeah. Absolutely. That was yesterday's class. Adam, yes. what are you thinking, boobs? <laughs> well, Adam, there is a. Uh, 
yeah, I know we, we have the odd uh, high school age listener to our show, so now there you go, there's a hack for you. <laughs> just memorize the speech that Adam just gave and recite it exactly. I get it? You better so, nail it. So were you, as a kid, were you also the kind of blowing shit up in the woods kind of child? Yeah, totally. Um, I almost, we have a house that's been in my family for a long time on, on Cape Cod, and I almost burned the whole peninsula to the ground. <laughs> uh, my, my cousin, I was going to go play tennis with my cousin John, and I didn't have a tennis racket, so my cousin Lucy lent me hers, and she said, don't ruin this racket. And I was like, how am I going to ruin this racket? It's just, I'm just going to play tennis with it. And then while we were playing tennis, I lit off a firecracker in the <laughs> summer. And we went back to playing tennis, and then we noticed that there was a fire where I'd lit the firecracker. <laughs> and so we ran over to it, but because it's the summer, we were in like shorts and bare feet. And so her tennis racket was really handy for putting out the fire. <laughs> and it wasn't cactus, it was nylon. So I returned to her a burnt, completely <laughs> melted tennis racket. This guy, I hit the ball harder than I thought. <laughs> I'm a very aggressive server. Uh, I, I, you know, my father was definitely a significant critical thinker, and I come, I'm a, I, I believe at least a fourth generation atheist. Um, but my parents never even used that word. It just never came up. Um, my parents didn't have any uh, uh, religious affiliation, neither did either of their parents, and none of my eight grandparents or whatever it is. Right. Um, so did they just say, there's no God, here's some firecrackers? No! <laughs> <laughs> Knock yourself out, kid. Try not to kill yourself, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I really sincerely don't believe ever remembering having a single conversation about it. I mean, it's like, even to this day, you know, my mom knows that I'm an outspoken, critical thinker, but, you know, that's just the way that was just growing up. And were you always just setting off firecrackers like, like the guy in Boogie Nights? That's how I'm picturing you now. <laughs> no, there was a sweet spot <laughs> between the ages of 11 and I think 15. Um, and then later on on TV between the ages of... Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, so there was a point around 15 when I was doing acting. I was going into New York City to do auditions and I got one for Billy Joel. I got another one. I was in a Charmin commercial as Mr. Whipple's stock boy, oh. Jimmy. <laughs> did you squeeze any Charmin? I did not. I complained that the roof was leaking all over the new Charmin. And Mr. Whipple said, not to worry, Jimmy. The new Charmin is stronger, stronger when, stronger when wet than any other tissue. <laughs> and then to demonstrate this, he held a piece of toilet paper between his hands and I sprayed some water on it and he laid some quarters down and it held them up. And then I said, gosh, Mr. Whipple, that's what I call wet strength. <laughs> <laughs> that line is somehow missing from the final commercial. Do you reckon uh, that's just on the director's private reel? It could be. It could be. Uh, so at that point, though, I was going to New York every afternoon from Terrytown, where I lived, about an hour away, uh, by train. And that meant that during one of my afternoons, I could go down to Chinatown and buy some fireworks from the guys who are selling fireworks on every single corner of Chinatown. And I came back with a gross of bottle rockets, and I spent a year and a half discovering all the things you can do with bottle rockets. My favorite thing, don't try this at home. <laughs> I don't have to say that anymore. <laughs> I take no responsibility. Is putting the, 
putting a bottle rocket in the end of uh, like a fake rifle and lighting it and then waiting and like then something shoots out of the barrel, which never happens with a toy rifle. Oh. Ah. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> I'm still stuck on wow, Mr. Whipple. That's what I call one strength. <laughs> it's tough to get past. I mean, I'm not a tattoo person. <laughs> but if I were, and we're thinking about a new back piece. You know, <laughs> there is, uh, there is a, a, a woman out in the world, I, pictures have been sent to me from the internet, who has my and Jamie's face tattooed on her right thigh. <laughs> she has a uh, 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 house on the other side. Uh, the British comedian. Oh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh actually. Laurie, right. I think of him as a comedian because of Black Adder, the best show ever. Right. Um, yes, so it's me and Danny and House on either one of her thoughts. Yeah, fuck you, Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't make it unless he's somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, other places. And I'm guessing a back piece of our next two guests, correct? Probably full back. Absolutely, yep, yes. full back. Uh, we're One very, on top of the other. <laughs> we're very lucky to have, because we're here at SF Sketch Fest, there are so many talented people around that we were able to snag these guys last minute, which is very exciting. Uh, they're one of the funniest and best uh, musical comedy duos around, co-creators of Woodstock with Adam. Please welcome to the stage, Paul and Storm. Paul and Storm, yeah. everybody. It's a tight fit up here, guys. It was a last minute edition of... Uh, Five. Hello. They could have, I mean, we uh, could have extended the table. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we have There's a be, whole lot of stage. We, a lot of we have to be up here on the stage for the very integral visual portion of this podcast record. <laughs> Otherwise, people would be missing out. You guys can't see that? <laughs> if you're listening at home, we're actually in a gigantic crystalline cage. <laughs> Fortress of Solitude. Hi oh, there, yeah. nerds. Oh, only about a third of them identify as nerds. Oh. <laughs> and there's a few bullies now looking around. <laughs> the herd is getting nervous. <laughs> it's wedgie time. <laughs> Imagine if that's what this entire event was. Like there's a thousand bullies outside and they're just having everyone in. This is like the ultimate trap. I think that's the first line of a Bare Naked Ladies song. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have brought my lunch money to this show. <laughs> we found where they live. We found their nest. It's called a museum. <laughs> uh, Paul and or Storm. Uh, <laughs> Possibly yes. <laughs> I, I, we're we're, we're a quantum like... duo. <laughs> Uh, same question. Like, what? If, what if? What was your background in science? What did, I, was there classes that you liked? I you mostly university? know how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Just always interested in stuff. When Adam was talking about the watching the clock tick in science class, that that was pretty much me. I, it was funny though. I would I would be bored in class, and then afterwards, just suck it up all I could, mostly through science fiction, which when the science fiction was Asimov was constructive, um, but when it was not, it usually wasn't. So I got most of my actual science learning through science fiction. That's a good point. Like in the pre-internet days, 
certainly like pre-Wikipedia days. If you're a science fiction, you can make good guesses of what stuff is, like you can sort of, you get an idea, okay, Arthur C. Clarke, probably accurate, Asimov, probably accurate, but you don't necessarily know. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I got tripped up for a long time. I thought that the top scientists were orcs. <laughs> <laughs> and then realized that that was, in fact, uh, fantasy. Fantasy. You could have let us down gently on that one. <laughs> Storm, I, I want to... Can I clean your glasses? They look like you just got them... <laughs> I'm sorry. Your glasses look like you just got them back from a baby. Yeah, that these <laughs> glasses superpower, I swear. Wow. Keep track of this. Someone take notes. Science. As that we observe the mating ritual of the <laughs> he approaches the music duo and inquires about cleaning of his eyewear. <laughs> he presents the eyewear. <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much of the rubbing on the ball. <laughs> That's just a finishing touch. But they will be dirty again in three minutes. You're and just squeezing oil from your face. <laughs> That's got to be it. I'm That's sorry I interrupted you earlier. No, that rescued me from not having a point to my story. <laughs> I suspected as much. I went for the old baby clean your glasses joke. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it seems like sci-fi of today is less about trying to get at these interesting, um, you know, things based on actual science and more about just teenagers in post-apocalyptic peril. There are a couple of authors now, um, uh, Neil Stevenson, uh, a lot of his work, and also The Martian, uh, some actual science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow along in the your... The Martian, that great... Yeah, that comedy. I just saw that recently. <laughs> so funny. Award-winning. These wacky adventures in space. That was space. funny, yeah. funny shit. <laughs> funny, funny. Because the big joke is he never actually meets the Martian. He takes off from the planet, you see. <laughs> but I was going to give you a present. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> and now I'm alone once again. <laughs> I have learned that you must have a P-54 space modulator. <laughs> I don't know what Kermit the Frog is doing on Mars. <laughs> Mel Blank was not available. Dude, recast the Martian. Same exact, <laughs> same exact script and style, but recast it with Muppets. <laughs> I am loving this. I think that could be said about almost any film. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> My tastes are singular. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's waka waka waka. Fifty Shades of Green, though. No doubt, right? yeah. Play room, play room. <laughs> science, 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 science. 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 That escalated. You know what I don't recommend doing after watching The Martian is going back and watching the 2000 Brian De Palma film Mission to Mars. Oh. <laughs> I was I just watched that a few days ago out of morbid curiosity. Then I read reviews praising its uh, scientific accuracy. Has everybody seen that movie? Someone gets whipped Which, up in a Martian tornado and his limbs fly off. <laughs> Super accurate. Is Mission to Mars the one with John Cheadle with a big Don face? Don Cheadle, Big Face, Gary Sinise, Tim Robbins. Not to be confused with The Red Planet, same year. Falcon with Tom Sizemore, Carrie Ann Moss. Yes, yes. You know, during the making of Red Planet, Tom Sizemore and Val Kilmer, so the story goes, had, had gotten into a fight and had restraining orders against each other. And thus, one of the special effects in the film is that none of their scenes together <laughs> were shot with them in the same room. Wow. 
They were green screens it's together. Like parrot trap, but they're both Hilly Mills. Right. You know, exactly. you guys just spend yeah. It's like the last four seasons of Mythbusters. Shit's getting real. This is David Hurd, you guys. This is going out to the world. Boom. I'm sorry, too soon? <laughs> So this is the show so far. I hope you're enjoying it. We had a blast. Thank you to everyone who came. Uh, but I just want to interrupt the show for a second to say, Andy, I've noticed something different about you because I normally tattoo all of my internet passwords on my body. Memento and style. Yeah, and I'm starting to run out of space. But I notice you don't have any tattoos at all. Zero tattoos. <laughs> how is that? That was my resolution for 2016 is stop making password-based tattoos. So, but how do you remember all of your passwords? Because there's so many different things now in your life and in my life and in all of our lives that you need passwords for. How do you remember them all without permanent ink? It's really an impossible task, or at least it was until a wonderful thing called 1Password. 1Password uh, is a single place to store all of your secure passwords, notes, software licenses, credit card information, and lock it behind one single master password. Uh, this is a thing that I was so excited about because it, it improved my life measurably. I feel like I was spending um, probably a quarter of every working day just trying to remember what passwords I'd put into various sites and trying to like reverse engineer what password I would have come up with based on their rules, having to reset things. Um, and I started using 1Password, and it's it saved me so much time and hassle, um, and, I, and I love it so much that I reached out to Agile Bits, who make One Password, and said, "Hey, this is a great product, and I want to tell our listeners about it." So, um, yeah, if you want to stop having to spend way too much time trying to figure out, for me, I think I have fifty sites within my One Password password that I used to have to just guess what the passwords were. Um, but yeah, one password makes it so simple to lock everything up behind one single master password. You can either put in existing passwords you have to those sites, or you can also use one password to generate super strong passwords for those sites. Um, and they also have some new features on one password six for Mac that just came out, including all vaults, which allow you to see all your vaults in one place and search across them and improved strong password generator, which now includes generated word based passwords which are still very strong but easier to remember. So if you want to save space on your skin for yep. like celebrity faces and sayings from books and that kind of thing, <laughs> rather than passwords as I previously have, you should go to 1Password and use our offer code SCIENCE. Well, you should visit agilebits.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-B-I-T-S.com and use the code SCIENCE to get 25% off. I really uh, I can't, I can't stress enough how much of a godsend 1Password has been for me. Like, I really did find this super annoying. It's one of those few pieces of software that you can genuinely point to and say, this has made my life better. So, yeah, check out agilebits.com, use the code SCIENCE, and use 1Password. Make your online life simpler. Now back to the show. I'm glad you brought up Mipsville because we did have a sort of segue uh, of, of topics here that ties into Adam's background. There was a great article uh, on nature.com that came out last month about the top five science myths that refuse to die. Myths that everybody still seems to buy into. Uh, do you guys mind if we delve into some no. of these? Is one of them that your fingernails keep growing after you die? <laughs> that, have you guys disproven that on the show? So, no, we didn't. Why, Is that, why couldn't you? For all that? the obvious reasons, <laughs> but no. I don't know. <laughs> too, too much grave rotting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now in this Burke and Hare edition of... <laughs> Mythbusters off the dock. <laughs> oh, believe me, I have a whole list of myths for that. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. 
Yes. I think I read that the reason people think that is just because the skin kind of recedes. Yeah. Uh, and so it just looks like they're longer now. Yeah. I don't know about the hair part. Yeah, that's also why apparently if you shave your pubes, you look. I'm saying, okay, okay. hold on. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get. <laughs> when you shave a dead person's pubes, what happens? Is that, uh... Uh, they catch you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's get into myth number one. This one is uh, the ruffle. Apparently, he's better. choking on necrotic pubes. <laughs> You guys aren't going to like this. Here's a science myth that refuses to die. Screening saves lives for all types of cancer. Myth. Unfortunately, a myth. Uh, regular screening might be beneficial for some groups at risk of certain cancers, such as lung, cervical, and colon, but this isn't the case for all tests. Still, some patients and clinicians defend the ineffective ones fiercely. Um, a review of five randomized controlled clinical trials totaling over 300,000 participants found that screening did not significantly reduce uh, deaths due to prostate cancer. And a study of almost 90,000 women found that annual mammograms did not reduce mortality from breast cancer. There's an uplifting uh, little it's Very, right? <laughs> I'm not hearing it right now. Oh, here's the thing about this. That's really it's, poorly, it's, for what? Science Magazine, that's really poorly written. There's more to it. I haven't, yes, but yes, I hear you. But, I mean, it, does it go on to explain that the whole reason is, is that we assume that knowing means you have to aggressively treat it, and that right. turns out to being not the case. Right. So to go learning they've got cancer. Exactly. So this is because uh, some tumors will lead to death irrespective of when they're detected and treated. Meanwhile, aggressively early, aggressive early scanning has a slew of negative health effects. Many cancers grow slowly and would just do no harm if left alone, so people end up having unnecessary thyroidectomies, mastectomies, prostatectomies. So on a population level, the benefits in lives saved don't outweigh the risks of lives lost or interrupted by unnecessary treatment. That's why so, I'm never getting tested. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's no guy. Wait, wait a minute. I think to slam dunk that they should stop testing women for prostate cancer. <laughs> I don't know why no one has the balls <laughs> oh. to step up. <laughs> nice. So, Where were we? So that's, I'm sorry, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, interesting myth. Again, it's sort of weird because it's saying on a, on a massive scale that there are downsides, but then on an individual scale, it's, it's hard to tear down someone's anecdotal case of their screening having led to their survival. Uh, but the plural of anecdote is not anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's, a less, that's, a, that's just the least that fun of yeah. the myths. So at least we're moving on from that one. Um, myth number two, antioxidants are good and free radicals are bad. Donald Trump thinks free radicals are bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chancellor Trump, sorry. <laughs> What do, you, what do you guys give an odds on Trump right now? What, what's the, what's, what's, what's going to happen? I'm getting year? the nomination. The fact the that the odds are anywhere higher than 0.05% is the scariest thing ever. It well, really is. It's... Well, what I was saying before about Trump, and now I'm not even sure this is true, I was previously saying I don't think he'll win. And I still mostly don't think he will. But my main worry is that he's making a lot of other crazy people look not crazy. Yes. Like, that's the main thing. He's making, like, Ted Cruz look sane. And Ted Cruz, a month ago, was, a, like, a guest of honor and a speaker at an event run by a pastor who's not just homophobic, like, actually wants to kill gay people. He's like, they should be put to death. And Paul Ryan, uh, sorry, uh, Ted Cruz has just stood next to him going, like, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> And yet, because he's next to Trump on the debate stage, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy's all right. Like, no, he, it, it'd be like if you joined, 
What's that? Yeah, he's what I think in some ways he is he's uh, he's terrible. But it'd be like if you joined a new school and you're a really creepy kid. Like not just a weird kid who hasn't found his people yet, just like an actually creepy, not nice kid. But at the same time joining the same school with thirty baboons. <laughs> I think it'd be like, oh I like I like that. I like that Johnny guy. He's not throwing his feces at any of us. <laughs> Well, then maybe, maybe Trump is their burning man, and that after the last Republican debate, they'll just light him on fire. <laughs> I will tell you that from a comedy standpoint, I really appreciate what seems to be the, the thing on the web, which is that every website, every single day, has to come up with a new epithet for Donald Trump. But I still, my personal favorite is still, I think Gawker a few weeks ago called him a sentient racist chain letter. <laughs> Yeah, well, people, I think people are sort of attacking him at the superficial level and can't work out why it's not working. But that's because that's what he, he's all superficial. He's a wrestling Because villain. when you throw shit at shit, it doesn't right. really alter the <laughs> composition any. Exactly, and that's the game he plays. Like, he is a shit slinger, so when you do that, he get, he, he's a wrestling villain. Like, he's a yeah. wrestling baddie. <laughs> but it's like people going, I don't get it. I go to the wrestling every week, and I keep booing Triple H, and they keep bringing him back. And I have no idea why. We brought placards and everything. Why aren't they listening to us? <laughs> like, attack his policy. He's got nothing. Oh, yeah. He's got no policy. It's, it's like attacking Godzilla with radiation. Right! <laughs> <laughs> Not to turn this yes. into a political discussion any more than it already is. The thing that boggles my mind about this whole thing is all of, I mean, all the dipshit stuff that Donald Trump has said over the past three months. And what is it, eight years ago, 12 years ago, Howard Dean's entire career collapsed by going, yeah! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. That's the, took, that's how took. far we've come, yeah, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> like, Donald Trump could walk around without pants. And Donald get... Trump could wipe his balls on an American <laughs> right. flag. Yeah. And be like, no, I get what he's saying, I guess. <laughs> he's cleaning the flag. These are the best he's, balls. He's showing solidarity with the Tea Party. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's got no policies. No one's attacking him for having no policies. I, uh, yeah, I get the best guys, the best... He's like the kid at school who claims he knows karate but won't show you any moves. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to try me because I could kill you. I've been told by my sensei to not do anything. <laughs> so myth number three. Myth yes. number three. <laughs> myth number antioxidants. Antioxidants bullshit, or at least that free radicals don't actually cause uh, premature aging and death. And also, sometimes antioxidants are bad. Yep, they did some, they did some studies. We're, we're skimming through these guys. I'm, I'm having more fun about the Trump <laughs> stuff. <laughs> myth number three, humans have exceptionally large brains. This is a myth. Uh, we tend to cherry pick the numbers that put us on top, says Lori Marino, a neuroscientist at Emory University. Human brains are about seven times larger than one might expect relative to similarly sized animals, but mice and dolphins have about the same proportions, and some birds have a larger ratio. So we ain't that special. Uh, Homo sapiens did evolve an expanded cerebral cortex, which is one of the differences. Um, but yeah, size-wise, it's not that special. The myth of our brains being unique because of it, the, an exceptional number of neurons has done a disservice to neuroscience because other possible differences are rarely investigated. So the trick when the zombie apocalypse happens is to just build a wall of mice and dolphins <laughs> to distract the zombies. Yeah. Yeah with a much more delicious <laughs> meal. It's like, why would I go to McDonald's when there's a Chipotle right over here? Yeah. 
Well, you get, you get more brains per ounce. It's, yeah. it's simple economics. They, just, they jam a plumbing pipe into the blowhole and suck it out. <laughs> this, this gets to my biggest problem with zombies. My only real problem with zombies. <laughs> Your biggest problem with zombies. I mean, I love They're everything about okay, zombies. But, <laughs> but uh, why is it, and maybe, I mean, maybe the answer is just budgetary, but even now it persists. So imagine the first zombie becomes zombie-ish. Uh, how does the next zombie become a zombie? Well, the first one attacks him. Because they want to do what? Eat his brain. So presumably they've completely exploded that thing's skull, eaten all their brains. There's no head left intact. How are there any zombies with heads on their shoulders? Mm. Why? <laughs> How am I the first person to think of this? Like, you see, you see Dawn of the Dead, right? I mean, the, right. the original Romero, Dawn of the Dead. they eat them, they put them back? They put them back together? <laughs> They regurgitate them for their kids back in the nest. And little baby birds. <laughs> and and even, if it's not, even if it's not like in canon to eat brains, like in some of the Romero ones, they just eat flesh. But you'll see like in the mall, like seven of them will just pounce on one person and there's just blood and guts flying everywhere. What's left of that person to be a zombie of? You know, like what? It's... Right. Well, I Guys, I just think blown this whole zombie thing wide open. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, the maybe they only eat the tastier brains. So okay. basically, the people, ones running around are the ones that are not culinarily delightful. Right. They're only eating the foie gras brains of the they're, they're more like, sedentary in the right. population. Oh, oh, Tied down and forced to think. Yeah. <laughs> or they're having a bit of brain, and then they're like, I'll have the rest later. Right. <laughs> or, or, treating, or treating everyone like sample cups at Pinkberry, and just being like, I have a tiny bit of this, and before I decide what I'm going to fully... And, and then the mom zombie is like, if you don't finish that, it's going to turn later yeah. on. Yes, there are zombies in Africa that would be... Ki- <laughs> yes, I have some heirloom brains back at home. <laughs> We want to keep going with these myths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Let's sure. Do it. Let's do it. Myth number four: Individuals learn best when taught in their preferred learning style. How many of you guys think that you have a preferred learning style? You do have a preferred well, one. It doesn't I, mean you learn better. I would think that, that when way. I was like ten, my preferred learning style would be watching television. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not then you're just paying it forward. Either. Yes. Well, that's actually what the article cites: is uh, learning styles just uh, got this this seed of of a fact, and then emotional biases came into play. Yet, just like sugar, pornography, and television, what you prefer is not always what's good or right for you. That is a very sex-negative view there. <laughs> and Paul sugar Kirchner, educational psychologist. I contend, I, I, I contend that uh, my drunken monkey learning style is best. <laughs> <laughs> Your drunken monkey learning style is no match for my <laughs> other thing that I can't improvise right now. Uh, when I think of myths that, have it, that people still believe, this one... Bring the phrase again, people learn best in their own learning style. That's not on my mental list. You're right. It's you're never right. been, it sounds like an axe to grind from one of the authors of this article. <laughs> you know what I really hate? Yes. <laughs> well, Carol, maybe you should write an article about it. <laughs> it should have a name at the end of it. Frame it in some other shit to make right. it seem like it. Individuals learn best in their preferred learning style. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good go-to name. Apologies to any Susan listeners, but that is a good go-to name for that person in the office. I stand by Susan. My preferred learning style is to make anything I'm learning about is to make it wet and see how many quarters it'll hold up. <laughs> I learn best when I'm being fed ice cream sundaes. So uh, apparently, only a few studies have rigorously put the ideas uh, of learning styles to the test, and most of those. 
um, showed that teaching in a person's preferred style had no beneficial effect on his or her learning. Um, that hasn't stopped a lucrative industry from popping out books and tests for some 71 different proposed learning styles. But uh, yeah, in past decades, research into these techniques has started to show that there are interventions that do improve learning, including getting students to summarize or explain concepts to themselves. But um, the idea that you have a learning style that's better for you and should be focused on is sort of fun. My, my mom is a primary school teacher, and I, there, there's something that's been going around. I can't remember the name of the system, but it's all bullshit. It's all based on pseudoscience, and they have these sort of exercises that they stop and make the kids do every so often. And You're not talking about Common Core, right? No, 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 no. Common with me. Was that this your rhythm? The exercise at a Waldorf? It might, it might be. Like I know, like every so often they get the kids to just stand up and like wave their arms around and stuff like that. This and sounds like some Montessori bullshit. We're like the kids are the teachers today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, by the way, like you've got, you've got to restrict what privileges that grants them. You kind of like your kids. You're the teachers now, and I'm the pupil. And then they ground you and drive off in your car. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to put, you got to draw a line. Uh, I see no problem with that learning system. Seems rational. <laughs> <laughs> Boxing Day learning system. The kids are the teachers, and I'm I'm a cat, and the walls are paper, and nothing is as it seems. Uh, oh, the Rod Sterling system. <laughs> I was going to say, are you tripping balls right now? <laughs> Should we do the one last one on this list? Yes, number five. I love that the the footnote in this article was like vaccines cause autism. Like, why isn't that number one? That's uh. It's not number five. Number five, the human population is growing exponentially and we're all doomed because of it. How many of you guys have thought that? I've, I've been guilty of that on this very podcast. Oh, we're doomed for so many other so reasons. So many other reasons. Well, but I, I mean, that and the, the death rate is still hovering right around 100%. <laughs> Just waiting for Keith Richards to stop being the outlier. <laughs> really? You can take David Bowie and Alan Rickman in one week? It is... You probably just broke that news to some people, by the way. That's not Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love you, At least Rickman. we have gotten to the point now that people can finally dispel that uh, myth of these coming in threes. It's like, no, it's just the fact that 70 years ago, there weren't very many celebrities in the world. And in the past 70 years, we've become a culture with tons of celebrities. And how the human aging thing works as you hit an age. So Yeah, the, the wave, like, in the next 20 years, it's just going to be like... Celebrity Death Armageddon. The great, the great celebrity culling is upon us. <laughs> yes. We're hitting peak celebrity death. Like the Oscar montage next year is going to have to be done like Brady Bunch style. With everyone looking down at each other. You're going to have some little girl up front going, I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> um, what were in the session of like other things that the papers were going on about? Like, look at this crazy thing that's happening. By like three or four different major news sources because Obama had his final State of the Union thing published side-by-side -side pictures of his first one and last one, and we're like, look at how much the office of president, of being the president, has aged him during the best part of a decade where he went from his <laughs> mid-40s to his mid-50s. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about being the president of the United States that uniquely makes someone have gray hair <laughs> between those two age landmarks? We may have identified another culprit, and its name is Time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the last myth on this list, uh, that human population is growing exponentially and we're doomed. So yeah, this is a thing that I have pointed to as my, my cause, uh, root cause for why everything's going to go to shit. But it turns out, actually, the human um, population is, is not growing as quickly as everyone thinks. 
Um, right now, the world's population is growing at just half the rate it was before 1965. Actually, no, it's not. We're fine. That's what I'm saying. That's the myth, is that this is the cause of all these problems. It's actually not a problem. Today, they're estimated 7.3 billion people. That's projected to reach 9.7 billion by 2050. Yet, beliefs that the rate of population growth will lead to some doomsday scenario have been continually perpetuated. Um, and yeah, the world's population also has enough to eat, according to... How many of them have cable television? <laughs> That's the real problem. <laughs> if they haven't seen Mythbusters, what's the point of this? <laughs> Just say. Uh, according to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, the rate of global food production outstrips the growth of the population. So overpopulation is not really overpopulation, it's a question about poverty. Like, the population numbers themselves aren't the problem, so... I'm sorry if I just blew some minds here. Oh, so we have enough food for everyone, we're just charging too much for it. <laughs> so yeah. we're just not distributing it the way we that's, need to. That's actually yeah. shittier, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's in the wrong place. Like, yeah. apparently, people grow enough calories and cereals alone to feed between 10 and 12 billion people. But hunger and malnutrition persist worldwide. This is more of a downer than the cancer one. Yeah, yeah, it's really a shitty one to end on. All right, do you want to go back to the antioxidants? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we need to baby bird some of that food other places. Yeah, yes. yeah. that one was just telling you that pomegranate isn't as good as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great tagline for pomegranate. Yeah. <laughs> pomegranate, it's fine as long as you like pomegranate. <laughs> Not as good as you thought it was. <laughs> Not biblical. Pomegranate. It's not a kiwi. <laughs> I love kiwis. They're not as good either. <laughs> How about the fact that you're supposed to eat them with the furry part and all? Really? Yeah. That's true. See, there's, there's apparently you're, I've never I've never had the guts to try it, but apparently what you do is you wash it in water, and that rubs, I guess, some of the unpleasant hairs off the. <laughs> Leaving the only outer the sack of the kiwi. Just to clarify. <laughs> Just the leathery sack of the kiwi. Oh, you're really making this appetizing now, Adam. <laughs> and then, and then you... <laughs> right now, the pomegranate council is like, yeah, who's coming back? <laughs> Just, just to clarify, we're still talking about fruit here. <laughs> still he's, just he's discussing soak, fruit. You soak your kiwis until the coarser hairs fall off. Yeah. But it has enough wet strength. It has wet so strength. Okay, okay. You know, it's actually good to know that you can eat them with the, the fuzz on, because I've ruined more electric razors that way. <laughs> little tiny, little tiny electric razors. <laughs> trying to do, I'm doing the opening scene from Full Metal Jacket on these kiwis, man. Hi, Joker. I am in a world of fuzz. I like my kiwi to have a Travis Bickle. That's what I like in a kiwi. In his pocket, yeah. yeah. Um, when I, I was back in London over the holidays, and about a week ago, the news story that managed to mean that every paper was now the new superfood is black pudding, which is sometimes known as blood pudding, and it's or blood sausage. It's basically it's just oh, blood it's, that's cooked. That's what it sort of is. But it's full of antioxidants. It's full of yeah. I <laughs> think that's what it was. It was full of. What it basically means is someone who works for the Black Pudding Marketing Board has managed to place a bullshit science story that every newspaper's picked up for this week. And isn't pudding in Britain mean like a million different things? Yeah, it does. It, it, we, uh, it's like the opposite of Eskimos snow. 
<laughs> Do we have? It's basically anything that you're not allowed to eat until you've, you've finished your meat. It's the aloha before it. <laughs> Thank you very much, older nerds. That's a Pink Floyd reference. Yeah, it's, it's a dessert. It's a sausage. It's these microphone holders. <laughs> it's tables. Quiet guest pudding. Uh... <laughs> Well, it's it's strange. I don't think it happens as much in America in the American press because I think your bullshit is more TV news. Like it, it, in Britain, it's the other way around. Like the TV news has to be is held to more rigorous standards of neutrality, but the newspapers are ridiculous. Whereas in America, the newspapers, at least the broadsheet ones, are more are held to stand more standards of accuracy, and the TV news is nuts. Uh, I think they're all historically. Kind of yeah, historically. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> so back is that I mean, the like... same person that insisted? <laughs> I think we had one person. Debbie Downer out there. Our but... news sucks and we're all gonna die of overpopulation! <laughs> and also, I hate pomegranates! <laughs> um... But it, it seems like a large proportion of the news now in British papers is a company has paid uh, another company that gets in touch with either a research com uh, company or a scientist who is broke and bored <laughs> and, gets, and commissions a piece to come up like, give us some science that relates to packing to go away or weather, or something like that. And then it'll be like, scientists have discovered the perfect equation for packing your suitcase. Uh, in a study commissioned by Thompson's Holidays. And then you go, oh, okay, so this is just a free advert for this holiday company. Oh no, in the US we have the Koch brothers to take care of all this. So, yes. right. <laughs> so it seems like most science is now being done for tabloid newspapers and morning radio broadcasters. Like, that's how science works. Do we, by the way, do we have real, like, I'm guessing we have some real scientists in the room who do real actual Clap. science. Yes. How about, how about we go by education level? Show of hands by education level. Bachelors in something STEM related? Okay, a lot. Wow. Okay, masters in something STEM related? PhD? Oh, Still shit. Still a fair oh, proportion. I think that's double digits of PhDs in the audience. That's some. Uh, postdoc? Still okay? Board um, certified. <laughs> uh, any, food, food science. All right. How many? Any how many... doctors of love in the room? <laughs> how many professors do we have in the room? One, two, three. This is a high professor to audience ratio. How many people who just use the title professor? <laughs> do we have any professors of love? <laughs> All right. Paul's away from home. <laughs> How much do you have to do to get love tenure? <laughs> love tenure is a really good album name. <laughs> I think that's R. Kelly's now. That was, uh, that, that was Isaac Hayes' second album. The second song is Publish Repair. Yeah, like, I, I, I want to quickly, before we get on to the next thing, though, I want to quickly find out what we've got professors of. Like, what, what, are you, what are you a professor of? Chemistry and oceanography and... There was another one now, but I don't know where that person got intimidated by the chemist and the oceanographer. <laughs> so they're, a, they're, right. they're a professor of library science. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pom pomegranate studies. <laughs> library, Jamie Heinemann, my co-host of Mythbusters. Poultry <laughs> science. His, uh, Jamie Heinemann's degree is in Russian linguistics with a minor in library science. Wow. Yeah. 
so he can file Russian books. Yeah. In fact, he did that for a summer at the UN. <laughs> and wow. also, I love this audience that we have where you said library science as a joke and then someone over there went, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean it as a joke. <laughs> No, not at all. So what we're trying to do is figure out if, if, if there really is mass destruction at this moment. Could we in this room reconstruct society? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have Chemistry. a biodome outside, don't we? Like, this is all we need. If someone locked the doors, we'd be fine. We'd be thriving inside here. Yeah. <laughs> Until we need something heavier. Tonight, head, tonight like, we'll be no, white we alligator on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll be fine in this building until we run out of uh, uh, breathalyzer. I mean, run out of, like, yeah, run out of the al albuterol. Alcohol? <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know. I couldn't think of the word for the. <laughs> oh, okay. Those are all asthmatic, is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, the the, the inhalers. The inhalers. Inhalers. We have well, don't worry. We'll cut this. Uh, no, from nothing there. funnier than an autopsy. Oh, you're vastly overestimating our editing desire. <laughs> uh, I, I was about to say capability, but we absolutely can just won't. <laughs> Do you think we have time for a speed round? I, I know we're nearing so. the end of, of our allotted time here. I think so. Yeah, we've got a little bit of time. We're, we're getting close to the end, but uh, yeah, we. Or do we, are we? Maybe we're not short. Are we okay? Good meaning. You're good for a speed round. Or good for a speed, speed round. round. Okay. I assume this is where we all do speed. Yeah. <laughs> for science. <laughs> do we have any PhDs in I chemistry? Do we do have chemistry. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was talking. It was a chemist listener to our show who knows a lot more about drugs than I thought a chemist would, necessarily. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that all drugs are not water-soluble. Our chemist over there is like, eh. <laughs> but someone else in the front row is like, yeah. <laughs> Why would you get into chemistry otherwise? <laughs> What's notable yeah. about the fact that they aren't water-soluble? Well, that, that person was saying, yeah, if you've got cocaine, the first thing you should do is drop it in water and stir it up and then pour the water off because they often don't get rid of all the solvents and, uh, and you'll end up with better quality cocaine. And I'm only telling you that in case anyone here who isn't me does ever do drugs. I personally am very much against them and in America on a visa. But <laughs> so I disapprove of all intoxicants and anything else that is against the American way of life. God bless America. <laughs> but We're building a wall, by the way. I don't know yeah. if you've heard. <laughs> Do I have to pay for it? I think that. <laughs> There was a there was an engineer. I'll, I'll find. I'll see if I can track down the link and I'll post it on the on probablyscience.com. But um, an engineer, when Trump uh, said the thing about the wall, broke down exactly how impossible and stupid that is. He's like, I'm a builder. Like, no, you're not a. But you commission, you pay for someone to make stuff. Like, if you're a builder, I am a chef because I go to restaurants. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, but he, he was like, yeah, you can build a wall. I build towers all the time. And this guy broke down exactly how different it is to build a skyscraper and to build a wall that is the entire length of the U.S.-Mexico border. Maybe Trump's smarter than he thought. He just got this guy to build his wall for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he, and he broke down how it, 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 the, the personnel that would be required alone and then the expense means it would be most of the money of America and people by <laughs> building. It was, like, it was stupid. It was really, anyway. Uh, wall, I I'm not going to build your wall. That's what it came to. Got it. And go librarians. Sorry about this. 
<laughs> I love it. We've got a disgruntled librarian. I like it. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's the band. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the band that produced Love Tenure. <laughs> Love Tenure by Disgruntled Librarian. Have you got it? You have to get it. Featuring Jamie Heineman. <laughs> you have to get it Spit, on vinyl. He spits a verse. Um, yeah. So and just a little, a little speed round. Just, okay, we're just going right. to throw some things out, and you guys are just going to, like, I guess, collectively, or should we go one at a time? We well, can go collectively. Uh, myth, myth or, or, or bust? Myth or real? Okay. okay. Just throw right. some shit out there. Uh, Bigfoot? Real. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a real, real. myth. That's a real. Uh, yeah, no. No, no, no. What about Penny Under the Tongue uh, to Beat a Breathalyzer? Uh, no. We tried all of those things. You tried that. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be clear, I did not try the eating your underwear. I'm sorry, what? Underwear. That is apparently something someone did once, but we weren't willing to Was try. that just a, like, uh, we shouldn't arrest this guy, he's eating his underwear right now. <laughs> he's got <laughs> enough problems. That could be. He's oh, not be. drunk, he's having an episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we at least, that'll buy you time before you get the breathalyzer. Right. Uh, the female orgasm. <laughs> oh, oh, that's uh, real. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Love has spoken. Uh, Sandy Hook. Uh, that's all, all too, all that's too, too dark for me. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? Next. Uh, Zeus. Zeus. Absolutely Zeus. real. <laughs> yeah. That fucker can handle a lightning bolt. Um, Puppets move when you're not looking. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen it. Totally. I've seen that happen. Creepy as hell. When, when I've seen it when I'm not looking. Um, the American Dream. <laughs> uh, it depends on your definition. Uh, I would like to say that it is real and it is my... <laughs> God bless America. Kids, just say no. No, it's pronounced We're, just say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God? I can't know. There you go. <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> Getting pregnant the first time you have sex. <laughs> that's, that's not the myth, that's just unlucky. <laughs> Unless that's your plan, in which case, you home can't. run. You can't get pregnant the first time. You can't get pregnant if you have sex standing up. Everyone knows that. You can't get yeah. pregnant if you have sex underwater. This is science fact, guys. Or if you're saluting the flag. Yeah. <laughs> God bless America. <laughs> sex underwater. That sounds terrible. It is. It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Listen to our show. Realize I live in a house with a pool in the backyard, and I've gone down that road, and yeah. I won't go back. It's uh, because when. It Mermaids just don't have the equipment. I, I will point out, though, that the Starbucks mermaid is somehow holding a fin on either side of her head. Oh, yeah. Is that like the mermaid goatsy? <laughs> I'm just saying, once I noticed that, I could never unsee it. Yeah. And nor will we now. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> she used to have breasts, right? She doesn't now. Or nipples. Didn't the early Starbucks image... Have breasts? Yeah, was, Did I look too closely? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I do want to Sorry. point out that Storm's glasses are indeed filthy again. <laughs> I told you! I told you they're filth magnets. Myth confirmed. 
Damn it. <laughs> I just exude Lenstank or something. Lenstank is another really good band name. <laughs> band Plain old good band name. Lenstank. By, by the, by Opticians me. punk bands. Within a week of this show going out, I want there to be bands with all of those names. I want that album recorded and someone to have a tattoo on their back that says, I'm now forgetting the exact sentence. Oh, gosh, Mr. Whipple, that's what I call wet strength. <laughs> if we had episode names, that would be it. Gosh, Mr. Whipple. Go I gosh as well. Yeah. Gosh, Mr. Whipple, that's what I call wet strength. And you're sure this commercial was broadcast? This wasn't just a prank that was played on you? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, it not only was broadcast. I, I mentioned it probably just about 20 years ago. I was talk, telling someone about it. And they said, oh, I saw that. And I said, I don't think it ever aired. And they said, no, no, no. I distinctly remember seeing it. And I thought, well, I don't remember getting paid for it. And <laughs> so I called my mom. And I was like, did that commercial I did for Charmin ever air? And she said, yes, it did. And I said, so did I make some money? She said, yeah, you made $18,000. And I was like, okay, so where is the money? And she goes, right, you remember that six months you spent pretending to go to class at NYU but not attending? <laughs> like, you paid for it. <laughs> that, is, those, that is the university that wet strength thought. Yeah. Exactly. But more than that, that released me from whatever guilt I had about them paying my rent deep into my 20s. I figured they made out financially. That's amazing. Yeah. 18 grand is pretty good money for that, too. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, uh, so I, yeah, somebody, no, knows. somebody knows. Okay, we do need to wrap this up in a second, but before we do, is the, um, where can our guests, I'm oh, sorry, where can our listeners rather find you and your stuff? I'm sure a large proportion of our listenership are already very familiar with all of your work, but uh, uh, you can find us at Paul and Storm on Twitter and uh, at PaulStorm.com. And we're also very involved uh, with uh, Joko Cruise. Yes! Any, any uh, sea monkeys, any attendees of Joko Cruise? None of you, huh? Well, look that up. They're all snorts. Oh, at the back there as well. And then Adam. Uh, yeah, I, you're, um, I'm going to be spending much of my time on Tested.com, doing more one-day builds. More interviews, more stuff. We're, it's a very exciting time for the website, and I'm jumping in with both feet. Cool. Sounds like a mutiny is rising in the back of the room. Oh my god, it's the bullies. They're here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the nerds are going to retreat. We, so we're going to run out of the back, and you're going to be like slowing them down. Uh, but, but before we do get out of here, but can we please have a huge thank you and a huge round of applause? Firstly, everyone at the museum, everyone at the Science Center, and everyone at Sketchfest and everyone who helped set up the tech and the crew, because this is an amazing thing, and they helped us do this, and that's awesome. A massive, massive thank you uh, to all of you for showing up, to our amazing guests, Adam Savage and Paul and Storm. Yes, thank you, uh, please, you uh, if you don't already listen, download the podcast, subscribe if you're not subscribing, questions, comments, clarifications, you can email us, probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Probably Science. I'm Matt Kirshen. This is Andy Wood. These are amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, Enjoy, the Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>